What's up, guys? Welcome to Today's Money. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you being here. If you'd like to watch the video version of this podcast, there's a link for that in the description. And if you want to jump right into the podcast, skip the next 30 seconds of ad space. What's up, guys? So I want to make a video here today specifically addressing one of the most common questions that I received over the last week. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, you saw that I put up two polls last week asking you guys to submit questions for a Q&A video. I haven't shot a Q&A video since our trip to Charleston, which was like six months ago or so, something like that. So I figured it'd be time to put out a new Q&A. And one of the most common questions, I would say it was 30 or 40% of the questions had something to do with the coronavirus. So I wanna take some time today on Saturday afternoon to talk to you guys directly, as briefly as I can be. But I wanna back up everything that I talk about with statistics. So what we're gonna do is click through just a few articles. We're gonna talk about the virus itself and what I believe is actually going on. We're gonna talk about the impact that the virus is having on the market. And then I'm gonna end the video by discussing with you how I'm trading, how I have been trading, and what I'm gonna do next week and the week after that because of the virus. So if you're new to the channel, my name is Austin Silver. I appreciate you being here very much. The first article that we're gonna talk about is on Bloomberg. This is written by Justin Fox two days ago. It's titled, How Bad Is the Coronavirus? Let's run the numbers. I'm gonna link all of the articles, all the sources that I got my information from for this video in the description below. If you wanna go take it a look for yourself, check it out on your own time, it's all gonna be linked down below. But what he goes on to explain in this article that I liked and why I wanted to share with you guys is, he says first from the World Health Organization that one of the worst US flu seasons was 2017 into 2018. And in that flu season, just in the United States alone, there was 61,000 deaths, just a little bit more than that. So far, according to worldometers.com, there's only been 3,500 deaths, 3,562 deaths from the coronavirus. So, and I'm not downplaying how many people have died. I'm not being disrespectful to that in any way, but I'm just saying, if I gave you $3,000, $3,562, that would feel a little bit different versus me giving you $61,000. I'm taking you on like a nice vacation versus paying off you know, your student loans. It's a lot different. So the deaths so far don't scare me, they don't intimidate me at all. And I think you have to break that statistic down even more and look at the people that are dying. So we're gonna stay on worldometers.com and now look at the fatality rate by age. As you can see, 80 plus year olds, they're having a hard time, but they're also 80 plus years old. If you're under 60, the death rate is under 1.4%. If you're under 50, it's under 0.5%. So majority of the people, I would say 90% of the people watching this video are not going to die if they get the coronavirus. I would say 90% is probably low. 90, I don't have many 70 year olds watching these videos, I don't think. So most of you watching this are not going to die even if you get it. So it's not that serious. It's serious because it is killing old people and because it spreads quickly. And that's what he goes on to talk about later in this Bloomberg article. So basically, Comparative to Ebola, MERS, smallpox, this thing is not that deadly. You can see it's at 3.4%. Ebola was at 50% for the death rate. Comparing the COVID-19 to the seasonal flu, it's a little bit higher, right? But the seasonal flu still is killing a lot of people. So it's life. It's the cycle of life. Now, you have to respect that to some extent when you talk about this stuff. Not everyone is meant to live forever all the time. The thing about this that's interesting they measure how contagious these diseases are 
caught with this number called an R naught, and it's labeled as an R and a zero. Now, you can see when they measure how contagious this disease is, measles was very contagious at a 15. You want to get this R naught number underneath one in order to say that the disease is dying off. That's where MERS is. The, influ the regular flu, seasonal influenza is how they label it here, is at 1.3. So it's just about at that level. Ebola, 1.9. COVID-19, 2.8. Sitting right in the middle. So it's not as contagious as measles, but it's still not dying off yet. It does spread. And we know that. And the thing that I am most concerned about is that you could have it for two weeks and not know. That's the tricky part with this. And that's why you're seeing it spread now so far it looks like i mean th this virus has been spread in my opinion i said that two weeks ago to riley three weeks ago i was like oh it's already here in the united states it's here in pennsylvania it's we heard from somebody that here in harrisburg they already have 700 beds set up at a hospital now i don't know if that's true or not but that kind of goes into let's transition now and talk about something else the impact on the market and how this is playing out in the media is very, very fascinating to me. I think it's a great time to be an active trader. I think it's a great time to be an active Forex trader, especially. The stock market is very tough. We're going to talk about that here in a second. We'll talk about the impact on the equity market in the United States. But as a global economy, how this is impacting the entire world, I mean, travel is taking a hit. We're going to take a hit because China took a hit. It all is tied together. But the hit itself, I think, is hurting the travel industry the most. I have an email pulled up here from a, um, a website that sends me good deals for flights, basically, called Fairdrop. Look at this flight to Colombia, usually 700, now 276. Here, to Peru, usually 700, now 213. I got another one. Honolulu, usually 800, now 414. This is all I've been getting. Cruise deals, rooms that are $700 a night, now $79 a night. Because people aren't traveling because they're scared of the virus. And I think that that is because of the media hype. Because when you look at these statistics, most people, even if you get it, are not going to die. You're going to be fine. And I've gotten the flu and I've lived. You've probably gotten sick and you've lived. It's life. But if you're old and you get the flu, it's going to be tough to recover. Like that is just life. It's logic. So I think this is overhyped. To see sanitizer, hand sanitizer on sale on Amazon for $45. eBay had to literally stop letting people sell hand sanitizer and other cleaning products because people were price gouging, just jacking the prices up so that they could rip people off basically because the cleaning products are in such high demand. So eBay literally stopped people from selling that stuff just a few days ago. Now let's talk about directly the impact on the US equity market. I'm going to slide over this inbox here and we're going to take a look at the chart. So what I have pulled up here is the SPX on the 15 minute. So we're going to just use this as a representation for the US equity market as a whole. You can see I do have my exponential moving averages on. I can even turn them off just for now. The vertical lines here, the dotted lines, those separate the days. And where I have it marked here is the weekend gap from February 21st, the Friday, into February 24th. And that's really where we saw the market itself take its first big hit. It was down Thursday and Friday of the week before, but it gapped hard on Monday and then it continued into the next week. We might have a bottom here at 28.54. We're going to talk about that in a second where I think we're going next. But let's just focus here on what happened on the 24th. What happened on the 23rd? What happened to cause this gap down? A lot of people are saying that this is because of the coronavirus. And I'm going to fucking argue that till the cows come home. Because what I'm trying to prove, and I'm doing a good amount of research, look at the timeline. 
we knew about this coronavirus for a long time before. This goes back to January, okay? This is not a new virus. We knew that Wuhan was locking 50 million people down. China wasn't letting... That didn't affect the market. The market continued to go higher. But if you look specifically at these timelines, so I have an ABC News timeline here and then a New York Times timeline just to get two different perspectives. Oh, and then look at the top of this. Right now, New York governor declares state of emergency as confirmed cases rise to 76. Freaking out over 76 cases when 60,000 people died from the seasonal flu. Still, we haven't figured out how to prevent that. But we're freaking out over 76 people. State of emergency. You know why? You know who gets funding when they call state of emergency? Come on, people. Let's wake up, right? We're here. You're on my channel. You're now watching this video seven minutes in, whatever it is. You probably know this, whatever is going on here, someone's making money off of it, right? When Trump signs that 80 billion or whatever, the 8 billion stimulus to help fight the coronavirus, when he does that, who gets that money? Where does that actually go, right? It's interesting to me. So let's talk about these timelines. Let's, we're going to, again, this is all linked for you. So we're going to skip ahead a little bit here. This timeline goes from February 11th right to February 26th. So that skips over that day that I'm talking about. I want to see what happened this weekend from the 21st to the 24th. What made that gap happen? You see it right there, right? So that's what took me to the New York Times timeline. Now, I'm going to scroll down quickly here and just show you. On February 24th, Trump asked Congress for $1.25 billion to fight the coronavirus, right? That happened on the 24th. Before that, really nothing major happened. Italy saw a surge in cases. Surprise, surprise, it was already there. Guess what? It spreads. We don't know who has it for 14 days. No wonder it's spreading. You didn't know you had it. Iran, their minister of health. I think that's the, his title. You can comment below if I'm wrong, whatever it's called. He got sick. It's very difficult to know who has it because it's, its incubation period is so long. So. Prior to the 24th of February, you had a church with like 200,000 people in South Korea also get infected. Okay, we know that that's going to happen. Like those things to me aren't surprises once this virus broke out of China. 14 day incubation period, it's out of China. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's been everywhere. You're never going to be on top of something like this. You're always going to be behind with these statistics. So to see the market gap down here to me means something else is going on. This gap on that weekend, the two days of decline before, I think that what you're seeing is the coronavirus media mask, what's actually going on underneath, which is student loan debt, credit card debt, auto loan debt, all the personal debt plus the corporate debt that I'm not super educated in, being honest, but the personal debt side, I see it, I'm around people that live it, I know some of the research there. It's over leveraged and we as traders know what happens when things get over leveraged. I think that this coronavirus is the mask to what's actually going on, which is that our economy is over leveraged. Now, something that Steve Burns posted on Instagram today, and let's actually just pull it up really quick because I reposted it. It was saying how after the Fed has an emergency rate cut, what ends up happening is the market itself does well initially after the fact, let me turn this down. It does well initially after the fact for about a month. Here's the t statistics right here. So it says, Every time the S&P has had this Fed emergency rate cut happen, the next month it does pretty well, on average about 2.85%. But the next year, on average, down almost 9%. So this emergency rate cut almost pre like preludes, preludes, however you say that, it almost is the prequel to some type of a correction. Only once 
did the year after an emergency rate cut, the market continue higher, up 19%, and that was in 1998. So I would just look at that and say, oh, and it did in 2008 as well, up 8%, so twice, right? Out of all these times. So I would look at that and say, more likely than not, what this tells me is that we are going to see in the next month some type of a bounce to retest the highs. Now let's take a look at the daily chart. Some type of a bounce, I'm gonna move this. Some type of a bounce to retest the highs up near maybe 3,200, 3,360, somewhere up there. I don't see us breaking out for new highs. And then if those statistics hold true, we don't break for new highs, we come back down and we actually head lower. And I think we have the potential, if you put on these EMAs, the potential to head down at least to 2728. That's my opinion on the US equity market. If we retest highs and we can't get back above 3350, 3360, 3370, dude, it's weak. Just look at the previous stats. We know what happens after that emergency rate cut. A year later, we're lower. On average, 9% lower. And that's why I think we could see the move down towards that 2744 level. So that's the impact on the market. Those are some of the statistics as far as why I believe what I believe. And again, it, it really just comes back to the fact that it's just killing old people. So everybody wearing a mask, freaking out, you're just taking the masks away from health professionals that need it. Wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, keep yourself clean. Don't shake hands with people that look sick. Don't touch anybody if you don't have to. Be weird about it like me. It's fine. Fist bump, wash my hands after. Every time Riley and I go out, literally she just went out to lunch. I was like, wash your hands when you come before you come home. Don't bring any of that shit back in here. You know, like it's not that big of a deal is what I'm saying. Wash your hands. Is that that hard? Stay away from sick people. And if you're sick, stay the fuck home. This is a regular flu. It's a little bit deadlier to old people. It's a little bit more contagious. They're going to come out with a vaccine. Someone's going to get rich off of it. They're probably going to make it only available for people that can afford it. And that's the society that we live in. That's where we're at. It is not the end of the world. But I think we as traders need to know how to react to what's going on. That, it, okay, is something seriously wrong here? Or is the herd not looking at the statistics and just the media headlines and running on what the media is saying? And I think that's what's happening. So us as traders, and I'm gonna pull up a trade that I had last week, we're able to take advantage of this volatility. For me, I've been trading Euro pairs to the upside for the second half of February, all the way now into the beginning of March. I was trading them down as the dollar was gaining strength in the beginning of February, saw a couple of those recap videos i'm sure but as we've moved now into this this segment of the the market i guess where the dollar is weakening the u.s economy is getting hit we're worried about coronavirus well we're seeing volatility on euro pairs that is unbelievable i mean here i had a 20 pip risk and it went 93 pips almost 5r on this position and this is almost every day continuing to just buy euro cad euro aud euro usd every day just looking for the best long entry position that fits our entry system it's that simple right now because there's volatility behind all the uncertainty in the market and with technical analysis and good risk reward we're able to take advantage of these continuing trends eurocad was short like i said at the beginning of the february and it then transitioned into a long trend and we just ride it long every day there's no reason to try to call that top you stay in trend you find the best price and you use predetermined entry and exit systems to read the risk reward. That's the key. This was an A1 entry. I know with an A1 where the stop goes, where the take profit should go, and I know how to close if it needs to get out early. It's that simple. It's predetermined. So with us going forward into next week, like I said, today is March 7th. When we go into the 9th, 10th, 11th of next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm not really concerned about the virus. 
I'm going to continue to look for euro pairs to move to the upside if US markets continue to panic. Now, if US markets start to rebound and we start to go test those highs like I was talking about, then maybe I start to look to short euro pairs in the short term. But if we don't break out for new highs on the SPX, I don't think we're going to continue to see this bullish market. I think we will potentially turn into a recession and I think you will start to see things topple over. I believe US Treasury yields, 10-year Treasury yields are at the lowest ever. So you're seeing other signs in the economy. Remember a few months ago, the yield curve inverted. You're seeing a couple of these signs that we know potentially lead to a recession. And then I just pointed out that last one to you here with the Steve Burns post showing you what happens when they do this emergency rate cut. Now, on the last thing I want to talk about is just how the NFP numbers from last week were good, which is even more interesting, right? You're seeing the markets come down. We had a little rebound on Friday because of the numbers, but still come down because of what? Is it the virus? No, there's something deeper going on. Something so deep that even good unemployment numbers, lowering unemployment in the United States, 0.1%, and increasing the payroll numbers, those are good things. There's a reason they didn't help too much because the issues that are actually causing the problems here, I think are very, very deep. And if they come unraveled, I honestly have no idea how bad it can be. But that goes back to my point of, it's a great time to be a trader. The volatility here is better than ever. Maybe once or twice I've seen it like this, but now the consistency in this volatility, this is what you need to be short-term biased, sticking with te solid technical analysis and identifying good risk reward. That's where I'm making money and that's where I wanna see you guys making money too. So today we covered a lot. I hope it helps you. I hope it helps you get ready and not be too scared of this virus. Keep your hands clean. Keep your eyes focused on the technicals. Don't get too caught up in the opinions and the media and the news and trade what the chart tells you to trade. React, don't predict. Don't think I gotta short the Euro because coronavirus is done. Don't think like that. Trade with the chart is telling you to trade. Thank you for listening to today's money. If you wanna check out the video that goes along with this episode, there's a link in the show notes. Now make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to so you don't miss any future episodes. And if there's anything that I can do to help you along your trading journey, please reach out to me. My contact info is in the description as well. Thank you very much and I'll see you in the next episode.